0: Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. You got to get it. Why is it a teaching tutorial Thursday? Because we will have the great Greg Cosell from NFL Films, the NFL matchup show joining us momentarily to break down Tonight's game, among other games, key games, in week eight already in the National Football League. By the way, I don't think we've ever done this before with Greg. We are recording this on a Wednesday evening because I'm on the West Coast. We usually record it very early Thursday mornings with Greg. So you're going to get this little surprise for those of you that love when you get these surprises, whether it's YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or just on your podcast app but you should all have it bright and early. We'll put it in there right after midnight on the East Coast. We'll have a spread the word winner tomorrow. We always do. We'll have a sponsor confirmation email winner tomorrow. We always do. So please, 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 any of the sponsors you see at RossTucker.com or anything you hear me say, you can ask me any question you'd like. We're actually low on questions right now. So I would love actually if you would go ahead and take advantage of a sponsor and ask me a question that would be awesome we also will have the spread the word winner you guys know how much i love the spread the word winners so please engage in some way i'm at ross tucker nfl everywhere we are at ross tucker pod everywhere so go ahead and do that youtube shout out to someone that Engages with our YouTube page will be tomorrow. And shout out to Josh Tillow. He is the newest patron. Patreon.com slash RT Media. We are racking them up right now. Probably has something to do with us kicking so much butt on the Even Money Podcast. And you being able to actually visualize our picks over at Patreon.com slash RT Media. Congratulations to Josh Tillow. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so not every week, but most weeks, Greg Costell becomes our DraftKings segment because I know a lot of you like to bet on the games or play DFS. You can do both at DraftKings, and Greg offers excellent insights, whether it's matchups or how he sees the game going, so you guys know where to do that, the DraftKings app or the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Greg's available on Twitter, at RossTuckerNFL, Longtime NFL matchup guru, and I want to start, Greg, with the Panthers and the Falcons. And I guess the question I have there, as much as any, already hearing some buzz about Joe Brady, the Panthers' offensive coordinator, who was Joe Burrow's offensive coordinator a year ago at LSU. You know, you watch that game against the Saints; DJ Moore's wide open, probably a busted coverage. I don't know, but it was yeah. So here is the question, Greg: What do you see? from Bridgewater and the Panthers offense. And does the Panthers offense really impress you when you look at what they do schematically? I mean, is Joe Brady a stud? Well, I think that he does
2: a really good job versus zone coverage. I think he has a really good feel for route concepts and combinations to attack and break down zone coverage and define the reads and the throws for Bridgewater. And Bridgewater has played at a high level. He had the one bad game against the Bears. But other than that, I think that he's played very, very well. He's he's refined. He knows where to go with the ball. I thought this past week, too, he got hit a lot, and he showed some physical toughness because he's not a big guy, but getting back to Brady, you know, I think it's he just has a good feel for attacking zone coverage concepts, and then he also has receivers who can work well against man. Robbie Anderson is fast; he can run away from man coverage d j Moore is fast for a man who's six feet two hundred ten pounds so and and Curtis Samuel, I think he's doing a nice job using him in in multiple ways including lining him up in the backfield which by the way he did in college at Ohio State so I think he's done a really nice job uh you know I've been doing this a long time Ross I'm not so fast just to say okay he's a head coach you know tomorrow but I think he's doing a good job
0: so I guess the follow-up question there Greg would be do they not really miss Christian McCaffrey that much I mean do you notice that McCaffrey's not there well, they do want to run the ball,
2: and they're not running it with the same efficiency, clearly, that you would expect that they would run it with, with Christian McCaffrey. Now, I think their O-line has some issues as well. It's revamped a bit. There has been some injuries. Uh, now, McCaffrey is obviously the kind of back that can make a lesser offensive line look better. Uh, You know, the idea that you don't miss a really good player. I don't, I've never bought into that. You know, just like it's that whole running back argument. And, and believe me, there's arguments on both sides, but I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that you'd rather have a better player at a position than not a better player. That's a different question than the value of the position. But I think you'd rather have a better player.
0: Talking with Greg Cosell, executive producer of the NFL Matchup Show here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Greg, uh, let's dive into some of these games I'm really looking forward to. Kind of a sneaky matchup. It's the 4-2 Indianapolis Colts against the 3-3 Detroit Lions. Two teams that have been down more recently and now... Both are in the mix here in Week 8. What do you look for in that one? Well,
2: I think to me, Matthew Stafford, and again, because he's not won in a playoff game, and I think he's only been in one, and he's been on some teams that have not done well, I don't think he gets anywhere near – the recognition he deserves. I think Matthew Stafford is a high level NFL quarterback and being home this summer, I did a deep dive looking at probably 350 dropbacks of Stafford last year. And of course I've seen him over the years. And to me, he's a high level quarterback. He's going against a Colts defense that plays probably more cover two than any team in the league. are it's pretty defined what you get from the Colts. And there's a number of concepts that the the Lions run that attack that. Every team has them, of course. Uh, but just think back, Ross, to the throw he made to Galladay that 29-yard completion last week just before the winning touchdown. That was about as special a throw as anyone could make. And I think because it's Stafford – Who's not thought of quite that way? It didn't get talked about. If that had been made by Mahomes, I think we'd been talking. We'd be talking about it for months. But it was an unbelievable throw. And Stafford, to me, is a really high-level player.
0: Love it, Greg. Love it. Anything um, on the other side with the Colts on offense against, against the Lions defense? Um, well, the Lions play a lot of man coverage.
2: Um, I think that you know one thing about Phillip Rivers, as we know, is he turns the ball loose. You know, some will say there are times he shouldn't turn it loose, but he will turn it loose. If he sees man, he will throw it. I'm really anxious to see as this Colts season progresses, what they do with Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is has really strong traits as a runner. Um, last week, he had two really good runs. They only gave him the ball 12 times. Of course, they got behind the last time they played. It wasn't last week. They're coming off a bye. But they got behind early against the Browns, as I recall, And so, therefore, they didn't run him a lot. But I think he's got the kind of skill set where you could easily give him the ball 18, 19, 20 times a game. And I'm very anxious to see, as the season progresses, if they kind of work in that direction.
0: Let's get to what I think is the biggest game of Week 8. It's the Steelers. It's the Ravens. It's been a huge rivalry, Greg, for a long time. What interests you the most in that matchup?
2: Well, what interests me the most is in the last number of games that the Ravens have played, particularly the last two, it's been Cincinnati and Philadelphia, those teams in different ways have stacked the box and essentially said to Jackson and the Ravens offense that you've got to throw the ball outside the numbers. And they've not done that. And in fact, I believe Lamar Jackson, I know they've won games. But Lamar Jackson has not thrown for over 200 yards in each of his last three games. And I think that eventually they're going to have to do more with their passing game. Because right now their offense is built clearly on the run game. That's the foundation. It's a foundation that includes Lamar as a runner. And in fact, it's built around Lamar Jackson as a runner. But I think at some point that's going to have to expand. And we'll see as they go forward. They're obviously playing a division opponent. They know well the Steelers have a really strong front. Um, I thought Robert Spillane, who replaced Devin Bush, played very well this week. So this is still a very strong front. But that's what I'm anxious to see, if this Raven pass game can start to be more multiple and do more things. Because they're going to need to at some point.
0: Talking with Greg Cosell here on the Ross Tucker football podcast daily Monday through Friday. What about, Greg, when the Steelers have the football against that Ravens team?
2: Yeah, and the Ravens have Ngakwe, who I believe is going to play this week, uh, correct? I I think he's, yeah. So uh, that really helps the Ravens because the Ravens are, they blitz a ton. They're a highly schemed defense. And Gakwe to me now gives them a chance not only to be highly schemed, but also to be a little more of an execution defense where they can just rush four and do more with their coverage concepts because he can beat tackles one on one. They don't really have that guy on the roster right now, which is why they're so schemed. So I'm real anxious to see as they progress uh, what they do. But when you look at the Steelers offense, it's become a lot of quick throws, and then some vertical routes on the outside where they attack the one-on-ones. So we'll see how it plays out against this uh, um, Ravens D. I'm I'm curious to see if they attack with Claypool and James Washington on the outside.
0: What about the Bills and the Patriots, Greg? Greg?
2: Well, these are two teams that have some issues on offense. To me, the Bills' biggest issue is they can't run the football. And at some point, they're going to have to do that. Josh Allen was efficient last week. They did not get in the end zone. But I, I would think deep down, Ross, they do not want him by choice dropping back 40-plus times on a weekly basis. So they're going to need to find a, a run game. Uh, on the other side, the Patriots, they, they've been a little bit of a tough watch offensively. Um, they, they, it, I thought their best player last week on offense was Damian Harris, the running back. You know, Cam has really struggled the last number of weeks, both with uh, what he sees, he's been very deliberate, uh, and also missing throws missing throws both by not turning the ball loose to receivers that are open and also by missing receivers with poor ball placement. So this is an offense that's clearly a work in progress right now.
0: Yeah, man, if the Bills lose that game, I mean, this is their this is their chance, Greg, to finally put a stake in the ground for the AFC East. They got to find they got to find a way somehow some way to win that one. You know, the Patriots did not look good. Against the 49ers. Now, the 49ers play the Seattle Seahawks. I got to tell you, Greg, I love – now I'm biased. I know him. I'm friends with him. I did his college games. I love Kyle Usechek. <laughs> I love the way the 49ers use Kyle Usechek, Receiver, runner, but especially all of the various ways they use him in the running game, Greg. No he is an absolute weapon. He is a weapon as a blocker. No question. And this week,
2: this past week against the Patriots really brought that to the forefront. I mean, they what Kyle Shanahan has done exceptionally well is he's he adds wrinkles and nuance to the run game. They have a ton of base runs. We know that. uh, And they run those. But he adds little wrinkles and nuance, both in who carries the ball and how they block it. And Kyle Juszczyk, I thought, had an outstanding game as a blocker this past week. Now, given that they don't have Samuel this week, given that they'll probably play hasty as their feature back, it would not surprise me to see check this week be a little more involved as a receiver, which I don't mean he's going to get 10 targets, Ross, but just sometimes they just use him in, in kind of interesting ways as a receiver. It wouldn't surprise me to see that, particularly for an opponent that they know well and knows them well.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. On the other side, though, Seattle offensively, some uncharacteristic mistakes by Russell Wilson. and. Yeah. The- Rainer's defense is playing better the last couple weeks.
2: Yeah, and and they played last week without their two starting safeties, who I I think will likely be out again this week. So they played Harris, who's kind of a true strong safety, and they played Moore, who can really run at at free safety. But it's also possible Seattle will be playing DJ Dallas as their feature back. Um, You know, Seattle has clearly changed their offense a bit. It's clearly much more of a Russell Wilson throw at offense. And obviously, for the most part, he's had a phenomenal season. So they've turned into much more of a passing team. But the issue you run into when you do that is your defense plays more snaps and their defense is not very good right now.
0: That's an interesting point, Greg, is that they don't? it doesn't complement or help out their defense as much, which is probably why – a big reason why Pete Carroll always wanted them to run the ball as much as he did in the first place. Look, they were up 34-24 last week, you know,
2: near the end of that game and they ended up losing the game in overtime. So, no, it's it's the complementary football deal and and again, I'm not telling them how they should or shouldn't play, but you and I both know that if you run the ball, you eat up some clock, you shorten the game. You know, studies have been done by teams over the years that most defenses, almost all defenses they, they play much better up to a certain number of snaps. When you go beyond a certain number of snaps, I think it's 62, 63. It's in that range, give or take. Defenses start to lose their efficiency. And that's, you know, again, I don't have the number of snap counts for the Seahawks defense each and every week in front of me, Ross. But it just as a general principle, when your defense isn't very good, you'd much prefer them to play fewer snaps, not more snaps.
0: Talking with Greg Cosell here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, a longtime NFL films guru, executive producer over at the NFL Matchup Show uh, on ESPN. Greg, what about the Cowboys and the Eagles? And in particular, I want to focus on the Eagles offensively. It just seems like they're so inconsistent, and maybe a lot of that's Wentz, but he is clutch. He plays well late. Meanwhile, the Cowboys' defense – you see some things with that unit, Greg, that you just don't see very often in the NFL, and it's not
2: good. No. The, the Cowboys' defense, they make too many assignment mistakes and too many individual mistakes within assignments. And, guys, they counted on to do well. I mean, I, I was watching their tape, and then I saw Don Terry Poe got cut today, and Don Terry Poe was brought in to be a run stopper, and he was not very good at all this year, and that's why he got cut. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, the Eagles' offense – from. I believe Jalen Rieger's practicing now. Uh, I'm very anxious to see that if they start attacking a little more vertically if if Rieger goes. Because now you have Fulgham, you got Rieger, you got Hightower, you got guys that can run a little bit. And I think Wentz would prefer to play that way. I think Goddard's practicing as well, and he could well go this week. So if they start to get weapons back, I'm curious as to what their offense will look like, particularly against a defense that has really struggled in all areas.
0: You got to check him out on Twitter like I do, at Greg Cosell. He is the man. Love talking with him every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Greg, thank you so much as always. All right, Ross. Appreciate it. Thank you. Love talking, Greg Cosell, and love those of you that step up and do little things that help the show, whether you just rate and review the show. That helps quite a bit whether you comment on one of our YouTube clips and you can get a cameo style shout out, people pay for those, or whether you just go to RossTucker.com, click on one of the Amazon buttons, Amazon banner ads midway down the page, takes you a landing page. If you bookmark that, anytime you or your wife make a purchase, you already need to for your family. We get a little something, something from that. And if that's the only thing you do to help support the show, it means a great deal, and we love each and every one of you. We love each and every one of you anyway, but we especially love those of you that just do one little thing extra a week. As we've told you guys time and again, we are not a big conglomerate like the Four Letter Network or NFL.com or The Ringer or any of those. It's just us. It's just me and Brian and we need you, and we love you guys. So – Plenty of ways you can help us rate and review Amazon, Patreon, YouTube, sponsors. We give you a bunch of options to see what's best for you guys and your life.
1: Stakes. Good morning, Ross. Nice. So let's start today with uh, defensive end Carlos Dunlap as the long-awaited trade finally happened and when he was traded from Cincinnati to Seattle for B.J. Finney and his seventh-round pick.
0: So I, I like this trade for both teams. For the Seahawks, they needed to get somebody else on defense. They needed someone that can help them stop the run, With Carlos can do. They needed someone that can get some some pass rush. He hasn't done that a lot this year, but you know he did pretty well against Lane Johnson. He can still play. He's obviously motivated. I think he wanted to go somewhere where he had a chance to win. Seattle he does. He wanted a chance. We had a chance to play more. That'll happen in Seattle. And now he's got something to prove. So now I think Carlos Dunlap should be flying around trying to make things happen. So I love it for for Seattle. For Cincinnati, BJ Finney's like a solid interior O lineman. He's like a a Ross Tucker type. So getting him in there, that's a position where they desperately need more depth and better players. So I like them getting Finney and a seventh round pick, an extra pick in next year's draft. Well done.
1: Takes. Meanwhile, in uh, DB News, the Panthers cut Eli Apple while former Panthers safety Eric Reed declined an opportunity to join the Washington practice squad.
0: So, Eli Apple's kind of bounced around in the last six months. You know, he had done a nice job playing well in New Orleans. I almost wonder if the Saints will bring him back because they've struggled a little bit at corner. Eli Apple had done some really positive things there. And now he's cut by the Panthers after he, I guess he told the coaches he left or something and said he couldn't practice that day because it was hamstring and he left. So they cut him. So that's kind of interesting. You don't see that every day. Something to keep an eye on. And then as for Eric Reed, I guess I understand why he didn't want to sign with a practice squad, but a lot of good players have snacks, Harrison and Des Bryant, and, You know, here's the thing I would say. You can't complain or say that you're blackballed or anything like that if a team offers you an opportunity and you don't take it. There's a lot of big-name guys, a lot of good players that have signed with practice squads this year to kind of ramp up to get ready to be on the active roster.
1: I don't want to say here we go again or uh uh-oh, but the Houston Texans shut down their facility and placed uh, starting – Uh, Guard Max Sharping on the COVID list.
0: So I guess the good news there, Bri, if there is any, is that the Texans have a bye this week. So shutting down the facility, keeping everybody away probably isn't that hard. Go on your bye week, stay safe, come back next week, you know, whenever they're supposed to come back. So they'll have several days to be able to test a bunch of people and make sure that it didn't spread and it was isolated just to Sharping. Um, that's the idea. That's it's good timing that they can keep everybody away. They don't really need to be there during the bye week anyway. Let's hope it didn't spread to other guys.
1: Tux takes. And finally we got a game tonight. The Panthers and the Falcons. Who do you got?
0: I like the Panthers. Uh, I you know, I said this on the Even Money podcast, which is killing it. I like the Panthers. I just feel like the Falcons, that was a tough loss, really tough loss on Sunday. The way in which they lost, I just don't know if they're going to be able to bounce back mentally on a short week. Whereas on the other side, the Panthers, they brought it every week. They're young. They're hungry. They had a tough loss too, if we're being honest. I mean, they had a tough loss to the Saints as well. I guess I just have more faith. In Carolina, with a first year head coach as they're building something to be able to be resilient and bounce back from that, than I do in the Atlanta Falcons at this point. I I just, I look, I think it'll be a good game, probably a decent amount of points in the game. Ultimately, though, I think Carolina takes it. And I'll say 27 23, Carolina wins the game. Um, I just think DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, you heard Greg Cosell talking about it earlier. They're going to murder the Falcons secondary and the Falcons will get their points too. Maybe it's even a little bit more higher scoring that maybe it's more like 30 to 27, something like that. But I still think the Panthers win by a field goal or more. There's two games tonight, by the way, Brian, there's Panthers Falcons. Oh,
1: and, the, and big one, the, one, right? that? the big one, the Fresno state one, right? What's that? It's the big one. The Fresno state one.
0: Yes, your boy will be on TV tonight. Tonight, tonight, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So, 7 o'clock Pacific. So, that means those of you that are night owls or whatever, if you're on the West Coast, you can see them. You can even watch and listen after Carolina and Atlanta. It'll be on CBS Sports Network. Colorado State, Fresno State, little Mountain West action. Really looking forward to it. My first time at Bulldog Stadium in Fresno. There have been so many good NFL players, the Carr brothers, Trent Dilfer, Devontae Adams more recently, going against Colorado State. Should be awesome. Looking forward to it. Also looking forward to, Bri, uh, several of you signing up for our newsletter so you get our emails, which we haven't done in a long time because your boy is crazy busy. So at least you know we're not spamming you or sending you a lot because we don't at all. And uh, shopping on the shop tab over at RossTucker.com. Maybe there's something cool there you haven't even seen that you'll like. Let's get to an email question, Brad.
2: Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time
0: to ask Ross. So the email address talked about earlier is Ross at com. Anytime you take advantage of any of our sponsors or really even just help out the show in any way, you can just rate and review and screenshot that. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Let me know which press pass you'd like. Maybe you want the Fresno State, Colorado State. I don't know. And ask any question you would like. We love email questions from listeners. We think it's good content and we think it's fun. What do you got, Brian?
1: Hey, Ross. Hey, Brian. With all the jobs that you have, how do you balance your work and home lives? Do you just designate times and days that you just put aside for your wife and your girls? Do you just use the girls for pass rush demonstrations? Uh, Also, what does your travel schedule look like in season? That's from Mike, who also says, P.S., I think it is cool that you give shout outs to your loyal listeners. So here's a shout out to you, Mike. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Mike's a a tuckhead, patreon.com slash RT Media. Mike does a lot of great charity work, which I love. So, Mike, it is very difficult. The, uh, this is probably a bad time to be asking me this. The, the, the work-home-life balance, very difficult during football season, especially over the next month or so, for me, month to six weeks, you know, I've got this game, I've got Cowboys-Eagles Sunday night, then next Wednesday, Ball State, Miami, Ohio, Next Saturday, Fresno State again against UNLV. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. Uh, and Especially when, now that I'm back flying again, I hadn't flown since COVID. But now that some of these Mountain West and MAC games I have to fly to, that changes things even more. Um, you know, when I am home on the weekends, like I'll take girls, the girls to tennis lessons and I'll do stuff like that uh, when I have, you know, open windows. And then during the week, I usually, you know, my wife doesn't get home from work till a little bit later. So I've got a good chunk of time. That's just me and my daughters every day when I am home, which I really like. We tend to, um, go to playgrounds as long as there's nobody else there. We tend to, uh, do drive through and get ice cream. Um, those are the things that we all like together. We hang out at our house. We do dance parties, Uh, so yeah, it's very difficult this time of year, but it's primarily, it's a six month thing for me, but it's really hot and heavy for four months, September, October, November, December, January, usually not as bad because it's just the playoffs, August, not as bad because it's just Eagles preseason, but September, October, November, December, you know, we're hot and heavy. A lot of times I'll have two games so that makes it pretty tough good question um and the answer is i love it i don't look at it like work my family is very understanding and i get a lot of free time uh in the off season as a result so it it kind of balances out that way is probably the best way to describe that other than that um good question so, if you didn't already, check out both episodes of the Fantasy Feast podcast, because they're, they're both posted now, Even Money podcast, College Draft, they are all up and ready for you. Shoutouts go, like they do every day, to Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. Hopefully, you guys have checked out some of those, because those are our diehard listeners' that have small businesses they're trying to grow. So we appreciate that. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at
2: Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.